Today is Monday, March 30th, 2020. On this day in 1961, Judge Joseph Peel, a corrupt municipal judge in West Palm Beach, Florida, was found guilty for participating as an accessory to murder. His victims were the highly respected Judge Curtis Chillingworth and his wife, Marjorie. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Today we're covering the conviction of Judge Joseph Peel and the murder of the Chillingworths. Let's go back to the afternoon of March 30th, 1961, to the packed Fort Pierce, Florida courthouse. The sweltering 85 degrees, mixed with the high humidity, caused the faces of the roughly 100 men and women in attendance to sweat profusely. No matter how furiously they all fanned themselves, their efforts were futile. It was Florida, after all. Everyone waited with bated breath as to what would happen to the man sitting at the front. 36-year-old Judge Joseph Peel had been charged with accessory to the murder of Judge Curtis and Marjorie Chillingworth. Now it was up to a jury of 12 to decide if Peel was guilty. Sequestered down the hall, the jury poured over the evidence presented to them by the prosecution. One thing was made abundantly clear. Joseph Peel, a part-time municipal judge and lawyer, was anything but honest. The linchpin to the prosecution's case against Peel was the testimony of two men, Floyd Lucky Holzapfel and Bobby Lincoln, two known thugs working in West Palm Beach. Both men had confessed to the murder of the Chillingworths and accused Peel of hiring them. As the jury went over the gruesome testimony, the imagery of the night of the murders was burned into their minds. At around 1 a.m. on June 15, 1955, Floyd Holzapfel and Bobby Lincoln went to Chillingworth's Manalapan home to kill him. The two had hoped that the judge was the only one home, but when they saw Marjorie through the window, the two resolved to kill her as well. A job was a job. Lincoln hid in the bushes while Holzapfel knocked on the door. Judge Chillingworth answered, confused. Why were they here at such an early hour? Holzapfel initially claimed to be a boat captain in need of help, but the story quickly fell apart. So Holzapfel drew his gun and told Chillingworth he was robbing them. In no time at all, Holzapfel and Lincoln bound the Chillingworths with tape and escorted them down the beach. There, a small skiff waited. Twice, Mrs. Chillingworth struggled and called for help. To keep her quiet, Holzapfel hit her in the back of the head, leaving a tiny trail of blood on a patch of periwinkles in their path. The two hired hitmen drove the Chillingworths to the middle of the ocean and killed the engine. For over an hour, the boat drifted in the darkness of the Gulf Stream. In that time, Judge Chillingworth offered Lincoln roughly $200,000 to stop what he was doing. But the offer fell on deaf ears. 
Finally, Halsepfel and Lincoln retrieved two belts and strapped the couple with weights. Judge Chillingworth turned to his wife and told her that he loved her. Marjorie responded that she loved him as well. Both knew this was the end. In his testimony, Holzapfel said, ladies first, and pushed Marjorie Chillingworth overboard. Within seconds, she sank into the dark waters. As the two hitmen watched her disappear, Judge Chillingworth saw an opportunity and dove into the water. As a Navy veteran, he was an experienced swimmer and tried to use that to his advantage and escape. Unfortunately, Chillingworth struggled due to his bound hands and the weight. Holes Upfell and Lincoln were forced to whack Chillingworth in the head with the butt of their shotgun. It only took a few strikes for Chillingworth to give up, and soon he drifted down after his wife. After returning to shore, Holzapfel called Judge Peel and informed him that the motor was fixed. Peel said nothing and hung up on Holzapfel. The horrifying details in Lincoln and Holzapfel's testimony were hard to ignore, and it was clear to the jury that the killers were sent on Judge Peel's orders. There was only one thing to do. After five and a half hours of deliberation, the jury came back with their verdict. Guilty. Judge Peel was handed two consecutive life sentences. Coming up, we dive into the wild investigation that led to Peel's conviction. Now back to the story. On June 15, 1955, 58-year-old Judge Curtis Chillingworth and his wife Marjorie disappeared from their home in Manalapan, 30 minutes south of West Palm Beach, Florida. That morning, the normally punctual Judge Chillingworth failed to arrive at court, leading many to assume something was wrong. When the sheriff and his deputies arrived at the Chillingworth home, they were shocked to discover that everything initially seemed normal, there were no signs of forced entry or struggle, and in fact, common things like wallets and keys were visibly present. The couple just up and vanished. But as they continued to dig, they discovered small patches of blood on the beach near the Chillingworth home, and then, oddly, tracks in the sand that indicated a boat had been on shore in between tides. This led the police to start looking into people who might have wanted the judge gone. Though highly respected in the community, Judge Chillingworth did have his fair share of enemies, especially those with ties to the New York Mafia. But unfortunately for investigators, there was no evidence to link any nefarious criminals to the Chillingworth disappearance. And before long, the case went cold. In 1957, the couple was officially declared dead. That is, until the body of a man named Lou Jean Harvey was discovered in a canal south of West Palm. When investigators questioned Harvey's wife, she gave them the license plate number to a car she saw her husband drive off in one day. Harvey apparently was acting nervous and she was suspicious. 
investigators traced the car back to a local thug named Floyd Lucky Holzupfel. Holzupfel and his partner, Bobby Lincoln, were two young racketeers who worked with moonshiners. But they also ran a gambling racket called Bolita, a popular lottery game in Florida. As the investigation into Harvey's death continued, detectives were shocked when an associate of Holzupfel's, James Yenzer, revealed that Holzupfel bragged about killing Judge Shillingworth four years earlier. Yenzer agreed to go undercover and lured Holzupfel into a hotel room. For two days, Holzupfel drank himself into a stupor, unaware that law enforcement had bugged the room. Finally, Holzupfel confessed that he and Bobby Lincoln had murdered Judge Curtis Chillingworth and his wife, Marjorie, and that they had done it on the orders of Judge Joseph Peel. Law enforcement couldn't believe that they hadn't listed Peel as one of Chillingworth's enemies back in 1955. When they thought about it, it made total sense. The two had a less than amicable history. Peel was a dirty, part-time municipal judge who informed moonshiners and racketeers of impending raids for a kickback. His unethical approach bled into his career as a lawyer. In 1953, Peel represented both the wife and the husband in a divorce case. This drew the ire of Judge Chillingworth, who gave Peel a stern warning. Two years later, during another divorce case, Peel, for some inexplicable reason, failed to properly file the divorce papers. When the woman remarried, she discovered that she was now a bigamist and filed a complaint against Peel. The complaint fell directly on Chillingworth's desk. Angered that Peel would act so carelessly and unethically again, Chillingworth made it his mission to disbar Peel. Knowing that this could put his whole bribery operation in jeopardy, Peel hired Holzapfel and Lincoln to murder Chillingworth in the early hours of June 15, 1955, the same day as Peel's disbarment hearing. Holzapfel and Lincoln agreed to work with prosecutors for lenient sentences. Lincoln was released in 1962 as a free man and died in 2004. Holzapfel, however, was sentenced to death row. Eventually, it was commuted to life in prison, and he died in 1996. Judge Peel, meanwhile, was sentenced to two consecutive life sentences on March 30, 1961. He served 20 years in a Florida state prison before being released in 1982. He died nine days later, from cancer. The bodies of the Chillingworths have never been found. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. 
To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At Parcast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Freddie Beckley, and Joel Stein. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Joe Guerra, with writing assistance by Nora Battelle. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 